0: Borders Lewis Payne was releasing a new album, and I thought it would be a good idea to have him do an OMN coffee shop conversation at Catfish Blues, so we scheduled for this week. And then last weekend, while playing a gig at Blue R, he had a heart attack and almost died. I was ready to postpone, but his wife, Tracy Turner Payne, said, Nope, she'll drive him. I said, What? She said, Yep, so here he is. At Catfish Lou's, twenty-four sixty Northwest Twenty-four Street, twenty-four hours after he was released from the hospital with two stents in him, and after having uh, what is known as a widowmaker heart attack—hard to believe, I know. We'll finish with a tune from his new album, but with the whole story is Louis Payne. Well, Louis, well, what the hell are you doing here?
1: I have no idea. I'm I I was in the hospital yesterday.
0: Yes. <laughs> and the day before that you nearly died.
1: Yeah, it's a funny thing. I don't believe in the show must go on. You know, when, when this started to happen uh-huh. I finished the song, but then I was like, Hey, I might be having a heart attack, we're done. But um this interview is different. This is easy. Tracy drove me here and I just sit here and talk. <laughs> <Man. clears throat> what song were you playing? We were playing a song in which Edwin sings, Edwin Coleman III sings, uh-huh. dedicated to his wife, called Boogie Baby. Uh-huh. And, uh, and about a minute into it, I f- started feeling like, uh-oh, I'm getting heartburn big time. I shouldn't have had those french fries uh-huh. when we started, and I didn't even drink water with them. And then about another minute, I think this might be a heart attack. You know? Oh, jeez. So I you, really, started, you knew I started feeling kind of clammy yeah. and uh, so the pressure was worse on my chest uh-huh. nothing like you know the elephant on your chest or any of that you hear about arm pain or anything none of that uh-huh. but I felt kind of clammy and almost like uh, sweating and I said uh-oh this isn't this this might not be heartburn this could be a heart attack I wasn't sure but wow jeez oh, that's pretty amazing Yeah I mean I'm still trying to get my head around it everything after that it's kind of a blur. Tracy rushed me to the hospital, and um, I got to the front counter, and there was a guy in front of me, and I said, excuse me, I I think I might be having a heart attack, <laughs> and and he politely moved out of the way, and the woman behind the desk, it was like, boom, it's like flicking a switch. Uh-huh. Everything started happening fast. They got me back there. They did an EKG, and I'm telling the doctors, I think this is just a food thing, you know, I but... Uh, yeah. But we're just being cautious here, yeah. and they do the EKG, and then about five minutes, ten minutes later, they come back with a result, and I'm thinking they're going to say, you know, heartburn, and I'm going to yeah. feel like an ass, you know? Yeah. And they say, you're having a heart attack. And wow. then, boom, the cardiologist comes in, says, everything's going to happen very fast now. And within a m- 10 or 15 minutes, they were operating on me. Wow. Very, this is Peace Health Hospital in Vancouver. It's pretty impressive. That's
0: amazing. It is amazing what they can do. What cardiologists can do. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, they, they they can do everything from just uh, uh, giving giving you an angioplasty to look around yeah. to putting in a pacemaker to putting in a stent to replacing
1: your heart. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, these days. But I mean, think about it. You know, one minute I'm thinking that this is probably going to end up being pretty embarrassing. Yeah. You know, to like five minutes later, the cardiologist telling me, "We're we're going to do an angioplasty right right now, and we may have to open your chest up." Oh right. If we can't do this with right. stents, we're going to open. And I'm so so one minute I'm thinking this is silly probably silly, and the next minute they right. they might open my chest up in a few minutes. Yeah yeah. It's yeah. still I'm still trying to get my head around it. Right. That's what they told me
0: mm. when I got the the pacemaker. They said well, it's either going to be nothing, or we're going to put a pacemaker in, or we're going to put stents in, or
1: you're going to open. We're going to open you up. But you know, you hear these stories like you're telling, and, yeah. and that I'm telling right now. As someone with no heart trouble, you hear this. Yeah, you don't really think it's ever going to happen to you, and then it happens so suddenly. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah. and poor Tracy is, you know, I mean, she she stepped up and kept her cool and mm-hmm. did everything right. But yeah, why what? much more stressful for her than it was for me. Well, when can you go back playing? Uh, they said nothing strenuous for two weeks, so that means I can get back in time for our CD release uh, on April 8th at the Lake Theater. And Which is which is why you we were going to do this in the first place. Right. <laughs> and I hope, we, I hope we can get <laughs> to talking gonna, about the we're, CD. We're <laughs> going to get to it. We are going to yeah. get to it. <laughs> uh, and there's also an event scheduled for two days later at the Jack London. Which is tentatively another CD release, but that nice. might turn into nice. some kind of a fundraiser. I don't know. Right.
0: Well, good. Good. Have, have, have you played anything at home? As far as sitting on a keyboard, not yeah. yet. No. Ah. No. No. I wonder how that's going to, no. I mean, I wonder how you're going to process that. I mean,
1: this, this, this. Type of heart attack I had and the vein that was blocked yeah. are both called the widowmaker. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to write a song called the widowmaker. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something by Link Ray. <laughs>
0: wow, interesting. Well, we'll look forward to that. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's just get to the album, shall we? Great. Um, it's your organ trio.
1: Yes, and that consists of myself. The incredible Renato Caranto on saxophone. Yep. And the amazingly creative and swinging Edwin Coleman III on drums. A word about Edwin. I mean, he's known as a funk and blues drummer. Right. B- best known. But Edwin's father was uh, Edwin Coleman Jr. Uh-huh. Was a great jazz bassist who played with Ella Fitzgerald, Cal Jader, uh-huh. Vince Caraldi. Uh-huh. And Edwin grew up playing casuals with his dad. Wow. And, and he also was a cello major in college. So he's really amazingly musical and fun. And when he and Renato and I get together, it's just always great. And we thought, I started writing these original tunes, and people kept saying, well, where can we buy those? You know, So we had to finally do a CD. And, and, and Edwin is not related to Tony Coleman, correct? Not to my knowledge. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting, the two tremendous drummers, you know. Uh, Well, also, um, Edwin's middle name is Leon, as was his dad uh and his grandfather. All all the Edwin Coleman's are Edwin Leon Coleman's. (laughs) And I guess his granddad had a bar in, I might have it wrong, in in New Orleans. Really? Um, And at one point uh, years ago, Edwin and his father, who just passed away a couple years ago, they played a series of gigs in New Orleans together. Wow. And had a fabulous time. And yeah. so Edwin wrote an original for this CD called Two Leons in New Orleans. <laughs> and it's just kind of a second line jam. I mean, we just yeah. one take, we just did it. And it's it really came out Yeah, great. Yeah, you went sort of back to basics on, on this, this album, didn't you? Very much so. We basically recorded the whole thing live in the studio in two days. Wow. The first day with just the trio. And we left some place I, I had in mind to have bruce condy the former tower power guitarist yeah. play mm-hmm. he lives in the philippines <laughs> but so we left we left you know like some space for him to play and uh and that worked out amazing i mean it's hard it, this is modern recording that we were able to send the master tape to him yeah. and, and he recorded his, his guitar and then fit it in there but nice. aside from that the the first eight tracks of the cd are live in the studio me edwin and renato Uh and then edwin overdubbed some tambourine but i mean you don't record that way anymore there's no editing we recorded to to audio tape Um, really this guy jim Hage is a studio owner and engineer long play recording and uh, he's gets an incredible sound by doing it the old-fashioned way Wow! Yeah, so it's analog. Yeah, analog, all the way. And I mean, just at the very last stage, it goes digital, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and you can hear the difference.
0: What what size tape
1: did he use? Is it these one it's inch, a, two inch? Uh, I
0: know? think it's two inch. Two inch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would be two inch. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And um, the, so that was the first day, and then the second day. We had special guests Mel Brown and Dan mm-hmm. Fanley play with me and Renato. Mm-hmm. So the last five tracks of the CD are with that. So it's, it's almost two CDs in one. They're, they're quite different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you wrote most of these, didn't you? Yeah, I wrote 11 songs, and Edwin and Renato each added an original of their own. Mm-hmm. And um, I never have written many songs. I mean, I've probably written five in my whole career seriously prior to this. Yeah. Uh I, I would help like I would help Paul DeLay with his, with the music portion of his songs, Uh that kind of thing. But as far as just composing something, you know, I I had one instrumental on a Paul DeLay album. I had one on a Bernard Purdy album, Mm -hmm. two or three on Mel Brown albums, just, you know, blues instrumentals basically. Um, but I, you know, I was inspired by the Delvon Lamar organ trio out of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Really great organ trio, and they have these really cool kind of simple originals that they jam on. Yeah. And I was like, I think I could do that. And uh, and I kind of went on a writing binge, and then it was huh. like, well, now we have these tunes. We've got to record them. <laughs> <laughs> do you use software to compose, or do you compose no. on the keyboard, or what? No, you know it usually starts with me uh, dictating some idea I have in my head mm-hmm. and just and then when I can get to the organ, then I start developing it and, and maybe in sections I'll record each little section that comes together. But mm-hmm. most of these tunes I basically wrote in an hour. you know, then later on, huh. go back and you know yeah modify them and yeah, yeah. expand on them. Well, they are very uh, how do the kids say
0: it these days chill. <laughs> they are though nice you know, thank it's you very laid back and and uh um it's not easy listening but they're easy to listen to beautiful i like <laughs> that
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it's very spontaneous we we recorded like we play so and you know if we'd had a bigger budget we probably would have taken more time and we would have lost that so yeah you know sometimes yeah. that's a blessing you know nowadays people can go back and start messing with something they've recorded and uh, you can do anything to it right you know we didn't we couldn't because we we're all analog but yeah. also we didn't yeah. have the budget for all that so it was boom 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 that's a good take onto the next song wow you know so most of these songs were the first or the second take and, and that was it that's really good
0: that's that's good lot uh, you know I think um, um, I, there's more and more of that going on I think these days. You know, I hope so. You well, know, because not in the commercial vein, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, well, some jazz artists have always recorded that way. Yes, but yeah, but increasingly, no. You know, you can go back and oh, that tune was out. Of, that song, that note was out of tune. You can fix it. Mm-hmm. I think I like to play the way I played that first chorus in this other take. Let's move it in. Mm-hmm. Oh, the rhythm was the tempo was slightly different. We can adjust that. You know, so you, the songs are kind of like Frankenstein's monsters of <laughs> sewn together pieces, and any one change you do like that maybe is okay, but mm-hmm. somehow along the way, the baby gets lost with the bathwater, and, yeah. and it, it, it's, it's missing something. You, it, you can't put your finger on it, but it doesn't sound, it doesn't give you goosebumps. That's yeah. all I can say. How long have you been playing with Coleman? Edwin and I, I started playing in, he was the sole vaccination drummer, yeah. and I I was playing with him, I played in that band for four years, mm-hmm. and I've probably been out for about four years, so maybe eight years ago, eight years. something like that. But you've been playing with Renato longer than that, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, Renato and I hooked up a long time. in the in the Mel Brown B3 organ group when yeah. it started, which was in 97, I think.
0: 22 years ago? Yeah. It's wow.
1: Yeah. wow. You must have a comfort level with him that's astounding. It's fantastic. I mean, he's my right my right arm and I'm this, yeah. you know, and I, I tried to do the math of just how many times we played together at Jimmy Max. Yeah. <laughs> and it was something like 1500 gigs. Wow. <laughs> with Mel, mm-hmm. with these soul tributes that I used to put together yeah. with other people, you know, with all, a lot with Linda Hornbuckle band, right. Um, with LaRonda Steele that, mm-hmm. and, and he uh, the, the the King Louis and Loranda Steel band that's recorded two CDs is Renato, myself, Edwin, and Loranda.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I played one of those on the radio not long ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, both both of them got four stars in Downbeat, yeah. and this is our own little self produced CDs. You know, p- yeah. pretty proud of that. That's amazing. That's,
0: yeah. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, that's not, not, not surprising, but it's you know, it's a it's a, you know for for a town that's not. Is a, it's for a little town. <laughs> like Portland, you know?
1: Oh, the talent here is incredible. I know. I know, yeah, yeah. You could go on and on.
0: <laughs> so is um, is uh, uh, blues for Merle? For Merle Haggard?
1: Yes. Uh, Renato had written this tune and was playing it at a sound check because Renato was playing with Merle Haggard the last couple of years of Merle's life. Yeah. And he played it at a sound check, and afterwards Merle said, Hey, I love that song because Merle was a closet jazz fan. <laughs> Merle, Doug, Miles, Davis, and all that stuff. So, uh, so does um, George Strait. Who, that right? Her, yeah, Renato got to know George and his band, and <laughs> yeah, he's a big jazz fan. So it's 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 interesting.
0: Well, it's it's it, I don't know. The first time I heard that Renato was playing with Merle Haggard, I was like, "What?" <laughs> I beg your pardon.
1: It's incredible. He is, he's how so versatile. That? How
0: is how did that happen?
1: <laughs> yeah, Dan Balmer always announces Renato, saying he's probably the only saxophonist in the world who's Toured with Merle Haggard and Esperanza Spaulding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you know, uh, Esperanza told me one time that she loved to travel with him. That yeah. He was a great on the road. What, how, what, what does she mean by that?
1: He's just a cool guy. He's, he's, yeah. he's not going to be stressing or, you know, you want to, out on the road, you want to be there with grown ups. Yeah. You know, and Renato is really a grown up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. He's just a wonderful guy, very yeah. upbeat and yeah. all about the music. Ah. Even on the road, when hardly anyone ever practices, Renato finds a way to practice. Yeah. He told stories about being on the road with Merle Haggard, and uh, he was out practicing by a dumpster outside the hotel, and he almost got tossed in the dumpster accidentally. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he'll find a way to practice. I think Jeez. maybe he liked the echo coming off the dumpster or something. He wasn't in know. the dumpster. No, but he was like okay. leaning up against maybe. it, Some, <laughs> something like that. It's
0: funny. It's funny. It's like it's like when guys used to put a stick a stick a pencil in in, in their amp. Yeah. Guitar players to, to give it a, a strange
1: sound to it. Yeah. But bottom line, what I'm saying is, he's such a dedicated musician and so mm-hmm. versatile and so soulful and. Uh, yeah, it's just—I I compare it to having uh, Barry Bonds in your band, you know, as, as, <laughs> as your designated hitter. You know, just yeah, turn yeah, over to Renato, yeah, he's going to hit a home run. Yeah.
0: Have you played with Dan Fanley much?
1: We He was original guitarist when Renato and I started with Mel and, the, and Thera in right. the Mel Brown B3 organ group right. at the old Jimmy Max. Yes. So that was maybe for three years before or something. Before he left town. Before he left town. Yeah. So I got to play with him back then, but only re- very sporadically since— but for this CD, I thought it'd be fun to kind of reconstitute that band, yeah, and get because I wanted Mel to play on it. I thought, wow, if you had Mel and Dan together and with Renato, we'd kind of be, yeah, it'd be that band minus yeah. Thera. Does he still make funny noises when he plays? If he does, they're not as funny as what I do. <laughs>
0: oh, you make funny noises. Oh yeah. <laughs> I always think that's that's, that's so interesting. Uh, I did a I did a TV story on on uh, on on Dan one time, and it just set up him practicing in his in his practice room in his home. Oh yeah, before he moved, and uh, he made the worst horrible most horrible noises you could imagine.
1: Yeah, I doubt they <laughs> taught mine. I'm telling you, <laughs> <laughs> because you're I think if you're really connecting with. You are playing, yeah. you know, then you are going to vocalize, but you are probably not going to be aware you are vocalizing, right? So the right. sound that comes out is, yeah. <laughs> not everyone is George Benson with that, you know. Well, right. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> George funny. sounds like he's scatting like a bird while he's playing, right? Yeah, <clears throat> that's funny.
0: Um, so you are going to get back in a couple of weeks. To, you, you, you make your CD gigs,
1: yeah. Our CD release is April eighth at. The Lake Theater and Cafe in Lake Oswego. Yeah. And then two days later, we're going to do some kind of event, CD release, and and possibly combined with a fundraiser. We don't know yet. Yeah. At the Jack London. Yeah. Yeah. That's good.
0: Uh, What are you going to do about hauling gear around?
1: Well, for these first two gigs, my former student, uh, Ben Turner, is... is, uh, gonna help with moving the gear and he's even gonna play part of the night i said Uh i said hey it'd be great to have you play and you know ben is fabulous organ player and and piano player i was teaching him when he was like four feet tall wow and then he went on to study with uh, daryl grant and be part of that psu program Mm -hmm. and um he plays with a great young band called dirty revival now and um uh, and so, yeah, he's just stepping up and helping with that gear thing, at least for these first couple gigs. Well, that's good. That's good. But up the line, I think I'm going to have to spend money to have people help me with that. Yeah. I'm not supposed to do any lifting for, for some time. Right. Go ahead. And, Don't, um, please. <laughs> please. Speaking, speaking of that, you know, we've got, you know, I mean, I already got hit with pneumonia right in <clears throat> the finish line of getting the CD out. Right. And we put together GoFundMe to help. Get across that barrier and which which worked. I mean, because we were like, How are we going to get this thing finished in time for these CD release events? You know, we still have manufacturer to do mastering, all that stuff costs money. We got that done, we had a two thousand dollar limit or goal and reached it in days. So, so we cut off, yeah, um, the uh, contributions to that. Well, just today, we're reopening that because this I'm I I've missed work I'm going to be missing more work Tracy has been caregiver instead of doing her job going to have hospital bills um, just stuff we're not even anticipating yet this right. is a life changing right event yeah so um so starting up the gofundme again I think people can find it just with a gofundme search I guess yep yeah we'll put and a we'll, we'll po- put a link up okay cool yeah. and we'll post yeah. about it on facebook but yeah. I mean I I'm embarrassed to do it but it, hey if you have a major heart attack, I guess it's time. <laughs>
0: well, if there's ever time, that's, <laughs> exactly. that, that, that's the time. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. <laughs> well, look, I'm not going to keep you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. It's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't care what you say. <laughs> <laughs> Go home. Yeah, really. Take it easy. Uh, but I'm glad you're out. I'm glad you could stop by.
1: It's a pleasure. The
0: album's terrific. I'm going to play it this week on the radio.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: Uh, and, um, you know, take care of yourself. <laughs> And uh, thanks for coming by.
1: Thanks so much, Tom. Be well. Thank you.